Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, non-sovereign state Zealand, Lippy's wedding dress, misquoting film lines and massive vegetables. Now, Lippy. Hello. Hello, indeed. I've just come back into the room to see you pulling Mm. a face of faces. Yeah, it still hurts, actually, to be honest. I can still feel it in the back of my jaw. We have Halloween sweets left over, obviously. Surprised I'm still eating them, to be honest. I thought I would have got through them quicker. But this year we bought a selection bag from Haribo of Halloween sweets. And they have lots of mini bags of of Haribo. I don't know why I'm holding it up. You're the only person that can see it. (laughs) But they're like little mini bags of Haribo. Halloween-y ones. So the ones I've just eaten are vampires. They're actually little bats. So, But they're sweet and sour sweets. So some of them are sweet and some of them are sour. And I have come to the conclusion that all of the red ones are sour. Definitely. Because every time I eat a red one, it's horrible. But as a kid that definitely got a load out of our bowl because there was only a couple of packets left. They would have gone straight for the red ones because red ones are normally the kids' favourites. Yes, the the red or the black ones, indeed. Mm. Well, that's kind of Halloween, really, isn't it? Trick or treat. I know. We didn't know, though. I probably wouldn't have given them out if I'd known because they are, like, they really get you. Like, they are really sour. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the whole jaw-clenching can't move well, some, face. some children quite like that charlotte always used to like the sour ones she did she did for, for whatever reason yes yes anyway last week we spoke about washing machine fibers we did filters and i think i may have been a bit misleading about saying that the amount of plastic in a week that you would save was a plastic bag i didn't mean a plastic bag full of it i meant literally a plastic You've bag, so the plastic me. in the plastic bag. I've been yes, telling everyone, everyone that you save a whole plastic bag a week. Well, you do. You save a whole plastic <laughs> bag, do, but not yeah. the, not a full plastic not bag. The inside, no, yeah. no. So it's the Still, what, the plastic that goes to make a plastic bag. That's what they reckon you would save on a an average household's washing. Still, a lot so. of plastic bags in a year. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. you think if you've got a street of a hundred houses and they all had it, that's. 100 bags a week. Anyway, the other faux pas from last week was the fun fact about being illegal to not celebrate bonfire night until 1959. In fact, it Mm. was 1859, not 1959. And I looked into it more. And interestingly, I found two sites that had it as 1959, which is why the error occurred. Yes. yes, absolutely. But actually, it was 1859, and there was an additional act passed that required church ministers to hold a special service of thanksgiving on the 5th of November, Ooh. during which the text of the act was to be read out loud. Yeah. Uh, everyone was required to attend. However, there was no penalties prescribed for not going. You've eaten a sour one again, haven't you? <laughs> It's not very, not very professional eating through a podcast. I just thought, I'll just suck on one while we, while you're chatting. Yeah, oh my well, god, that really. <laughs> well, that that's serves me right. That serves karma. me right. Oh, only ate a tiny bit as well. 
Yeah, we'll just push the packets away. Yeah, I've hidden it now. I can't see it anymore. Good. Excellent. Yes, so, rudely interrupted, it was called The Observance of 5th of November, Act 1605, and was repelled in A59. So I should put a link mm. to the good old Wikipedia, which has got all sorts of information yes. on that. And talking of bonfires, our village bonfire was a roaring success, if you excuse the pun. It was heaping. <laughs> it was. I, I've never seen so many people there. So and, many people. Yeah, we ran out of torch torches to sell. Lit torches, not battery torches. I mm. think at about six o'clock or half past five, which we've oh, wow, done before. Okay. We certainly had yeah. a record amount of money in the buckets, so I think... Yeah. I think um, we... I tried not to join the procession, but accidentally joined the procession because it does <laughs> terrify me. It's just a lot of open fire everywhere. And, like, kids with fire as well, like... Yeah. They're just running around fire. But we ended up smack bang in the middle of it, and it was, like, a lot of people. Yeah, there were a lot of people there. Somebody said, who's been marshalling that for, for a decade, said he's never seen so many people. Which is which is good. In yeah. terms of terrifying torch processions, I went to Beaujolais opening one year as part mm. of a fundraiser for the Great Ormond Street Hospital, and that consists of a lot of very drunk French people oh, uh, wobbling up. <laughs> which I mean, the French are not known for their health and safety, and this was no. gosh, fifteen odd years ago. So there's a lot of drunk French people wobbling up and down mm. with these lit torches, which was quite quite an eye opener. Yes. And uh, there was a group of us in a pub or bar after us waiting for the coach to come and pick us up. And uh, the the guy that worked behind the bar disappeared, came back with a trumpet, played our national anthem, which I thought was quite, mm, quite nice. And very nice. well as well. Yeah, it was good. It was a really good atmosphere. But the Beaujolais was a bit oh, on the nose, I think you would have said. And you've got a uh, a wedding trip planned for friday or today oh yeah fr- yes i'm going hopefully the only one i need to do because i am quite a decisive person i'm going wedding dress shopping so is this to one single shop or is it more than one shop just to one shop so it's a it's a, you book an appointment okay. a two-hour appointment you get prosecco i'll only have one because i'm driving And because I'm trying on dresses, I probably shouldn't be a bit loose for that. (laughs) And then they, we chat about budget and style, and then I just get to try on lots of dresses until I find one I like. That sounds like hell to me. Well, for my guests that are coming along, all they have to do is uh, sit in a sofa, drink Prosecco, and tell me if I look nice or not. Yeah, like I say, that sounds awful, really. What, sat on a sofa drinking Prosecco for the day? Well... Oh, my dad, you should always think I look nice. Exactly. So what's the point? <laughs> I'm not that keen on Prosecco, to be honest. I'd much rather a glass of cider or six. Mm, well, we're going out for lunch afterwards as well. So. Oh, well, that's that's okay. That's, that's mm. better. That's better. Oh, well, I yes. hope that goes well. And there Me is only too, one because we're ba- we, I've planned the wedding. The wedding's basically booked. There's not a lot else. The only thing I need to finish is flowers but that's closer to the time anyway and fun things like gardening games a photo booth again that's close to the time but everything else we're booked up deposits paid yeah you've booked a cracking band by the looks of things who are being a bit annoying oh no i think they're just being divas 
So we they don't do the first dance song that we want. So they charge an extra £100, which I didn't think was that bad. I thought that was quite reasonable to mm. like hire out rehearsal space to then practice and learn the song. So we emailed them back saying, that's great. More than happy to pay the £100. How are we able to get recording to hear how they've done it? So that mm. we kind of want to do some sort of like, chore- not choreographic. Chore- yeah, I know what you mean. Graphy. Choreo- yes. Choreography. Dancing to the music. Choreography. Oh my God, that was hard. Choreography. Choreography. To the music. Choreography. Oh, I don't know. Oh, who knows? Anyway, we want to do some sort of timed dance to the song. So we just want a little play of what the beat they kind of turn it into for themselves so that we can match it. So we don't want to just rock up on them and be like, we've done doesn't match. What do we do now? And they came back saying they don't have a recording studio in order to do this. And we were like, oh, no, we don't like we don't need a, like a recording. We just need like to hear it. So like on a phone is absolutely fine. Like a video of them maybe rehearsing one of the times so that we can hear it. And they came back saying they are extremely. Oh, I've forgotten the word now. They really don't want to do that because a phone audio isn't great. So we were like, yeah, okay, understand that. All we want is to know kind of what it will sound like so that we can match the pace in a dance. So we've had to go back to them and go, what would you suggest to do for us to be able to hear the song prior to the day? And they've not replied yet. Well, there's a couple of things here. One, I can understand why they wouldn't want a recording on a mobile phone of them, because if it gets out, it can sound a bit rubbish. If they're playing it at the same speed as the original track, then you can listen to the same track. They they don't. They do tweak it to match their okay, sound. Well, they'll play it at a number of beats per minute, which may or may not be the same as the original. And if they can let you know the beats per minute, I've got an app on my phone that will slow down or speed up a track accordingly. So if That it's, would be good then. Yeah, so if it's 120 beats per minute, which is a good speed, then and they played at 100, just slow mm. down a bit. And it'll be close enough, to be honest. And yeah, it's a cracking that bit of uh, software. Yeah, so if you can find out what speed they'll play it at. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like they are being a bit... Like, I do understand the recording thing, but I do feel like they are being a bit fussy about it. Like, we just want to hear our first dance before we rock up on the day. Yeah, I mean, also the problem is it's... Well, nearly 18 months away so it's probably not forefront in their minds they're probably panicking about next saturday's gig i know but they just need to say yeah that's fine we'll do we'll do this or you can come along to rehearsal yeah it's fine just put a salute don't stop saying no to all of the solutions that we're throwing out there and come up with a solution of your own if you don't like anything we're offering we're saying you know are you turning out to be a nightmare bride i'm i'm not I don't understand how it's unreasonable that I would like to hear my first dance song no, that's very before true. I have to paying, dance to it. Particularly if you're paying 100 quid as well. I think that's, I don't On think that's top of the rest of the money we're yeah. paying for them. Well, they sounded very good. Yes. That is the thing. We know it's going to sound good. We just want it for the dance that we do to it to match. We're not worried about it not sounding good because they are a very good band and we've really liked all of the other covers that they have on their site but they're still different to the originals to some extent. So we just need to work it out a bit. I don't, I'm not a bride yet. 
Not yet. <laughs> but we're booking them either way. I've just said to Chris, it might be a case that we just don't pay them to do our song and we have it in a recording, which would be a shame, but... No, don't do that. No, stick with it. To be honest, if you're slightly out of time, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's not, it's not strictly come anyway. dancing. Chris is probably going to be too drunk anyway by that point. <laughs> well, I would hope not. What, it's half seven? Well, he's got to carry on to about 11, hasn't he? Or yeah, 12? good point. He yeah. can just go to bed, I'll carry on dancing. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I've got a number of very obscure stories for this week. Have you? I love yeah, obscure stories. Just, just the way it happened, really. And, and some some other bits and pieces as well. So I'm going to start off with a country that thinks it's a country called Sealand. And this is on a military fort that was originally known mm. as Ruff's Tower, six miles off the coast of Suffolk, originally designed as an anti-aircraft defensive gun platform during the Second World War. In 1967, it was taken over by a chap called Roy Bates and his family. Before then, it had been a pirate radio station. So Roy decided he was going to set up his own pirate radio station there. Instead of which, he set up what's called as a micronation and the Sealand government. Interesting. It is. Now, there's a couple of twisty-turny things in this. So, first of all, nobody recognises it as a sovereign state, despite the fact that they've got a flag, a constitution, a government, stamps, passports, and apparently even a soccer team, although the population is less than 50. Typically, when you've got something like this, there was a coup in 1978 where some Germans decided they were going to take the fort. So it has to be said that this fort is but ugly. It's basically two <laughs> cylindrical piles built into the sea with a platform on top and what looks like nice. some porter cabins. So it's not not the nicest looking thing, despite people trying to uh, to claim it themselves. Most of the Sealand citizens don't live there. They live in, in the mainland. Interestingly, it sells titles such as Lord and Lady to try and support itself, which I think there's a little bit of that going on up in Scotland as well. I think there's Probably. very odd... <laughs> peerage things and apparently they had thousands of requests for sealand passports after brexit people were trying to get presumably Ah. some sort of other other identity how many people live on it well they reckon i think it's around about 20 there's 50 it's not very big it's not very big at all no i mean literally would have had a very large gun on it and it would have supported a pirate radio so much it must sleep like sardines on there. I think they probably do. So they have now got electricity, the internet, but not very much else. So there's not a great deal to do. So interesting place, I would have said. Mm. But uh, despite efforts, it's not recognised as any sort of sovereign state. Wouldn't mm. be a good answer in House of Games. No. Talking of which, as you know, House of Games is my favourite game show. I discovered yes. there's a House of Games night version, and I don't know what's gone on there. So they've munged together eight out of ten cats do countdown, House of Games, and Taskmaster. Yeah. So they've got a live band. Okay. They've got another comedian who's very funny, whose name I can never remember. He wears a baseball hat all of the time, uh, playing the keyboard in the band. They have some bizarre things like guess which audience member did this, and it's just this doesn't work for me at all. Which is uh, a real shame. And they're in their second season of it. so And it's on BBC One. So it's obviously been pushed quite hard. Gone done well the first time. 
Yeah, there's just too much waffle in it and not enough quizzing, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It tries to be too clever and it's it's as brilliant as it is. That was a real disappointment to see that. Now, I came across a very odd story about Horatio Nelson and what happened after he was shot on the victory. Mm. The boat was in quite bad shape and that's quite key for this story and obviously quite a distance away. So it would have taken a long way to get a long time rather to get back home so the surgeon on the boat decided to preserve nelson in a barrel of brandy well dead i'm assuming he was dead at this point yes if not he would be very shortly afterward (laughs) (laughs) so nelson in his time was a real character he was admiral of the fleet and had had a number of victories and to the point that in 2002 there was a poll which put nelson number eight on a list of 100 greatest britons So then and now, he's held in very high regard. So his death would have been a major mourning for the country. Mm. Big, big news story. And and a bit like now, how we have slightly scandalous newspaper stories, the same was true back then. They would have picked up on all sorts of things. So this surgeon went against popular wisdom and chose brandy rather than rum and took 80 days to get the boat back and Nelson and the back to England. Unfortunately, two weeks after they started, this cask burst due to the uh, gas in it from the now decomposing body of Nelson. Uh, it startled one of the watchmen so much he thought Nelson had returned to life and was crawling out of the, <laughs> out of the, the cask. So eventually they get back to England and this guy has really put his neck on the block with this. So they, they mm. remove the body and it is beginning to fall to pieces basically yeah it's um, it's not looking good so they they got it into this coffin and decided that because parts of it were beginning to decompose around the face that there's absolutely mm. no way that they can have an open coffin so it had to be closed no. but then there's lots of finger pointing going on saying you should have used rum not brandy and then he starts saying that he did use rum or he couldn't use rum and there was just changed his story more than yeah. <laughs> politicians are doing nowadays so all this lying and and covering your backside is nothing new it's been going on for a very very long time very long time so if you have the choice between keeping a body in rum or brandy choose rum and if you have the choice of keeping a body i would be questioning why you're keeping a body well the thing is you do sometimes you do i mean embalming is a more modern way of, of dealing with keeping a body fresh as it were as is refrigeration so if you've got a period mm. of time between person passing away and a funeral for example which is not Creeps. anyway that's a big bit a bit gruesome maybe that's we should have much. had that for, um, <laughs> for halloween anyway talking about gruesome things you've been dealing with pot noodles dms which i thought were a pair of boots but you tell me it's otherwise <sighs> no i slid into pot noodles dms on instagram that's a term for the means. cool kids it's a cool what, kids slid? term yeah, you slide into someone's DMs. If you slide into someone's DMs, it means that you inst- you message them on Instagram or Facebook because well, it's why direct you say messaging. Because I wanted to be cool for once in my life, you know. Okay. All right. Anyway, okay. I slid into Pot Noodles DMs. They still haven't replied, so I'm going to have to try Facebook next. I think. But we went to Costco. Mentioned that last week. You bought do. a lot of pot noodles. <laughs> Because why not? It's a staple of food, isn't it, for lunches and stuff. So anyway, I was, ha- I was eating a pot noodle 
and just looking at the back while I was. And it's got steps on the back of how to make a pot noodle, which most people probably don't read anymore because I feel like most people know how to make a pot noodle. Anyway, so I was reading step three, the title for it is seize your opportunity. So there's me with my clever brain going, there's a pun they're missing out on. So I messaged them saying, have you ever thought of changing step three to seize your potertunity? Because it's a pot That's noodle. That's quite clever. I thought so. But they haven't replied. So if you just start seeing that on pot noodles pots, that was me. So if I in a year's time we see potertunity. Yeah. They just ignored my DM. Well, maybe they didn't ignore it. Maybe they just didn't think it was very good. Or maybe they thought it was so good that they're registering the name trademarking it before you do that's what i mean that that's why if you see it in a year's time they haven't thought of that you know i thought of that from. and they've just changed it mm. you know i should screenshot the message so that i've got proof that i sent it to them yes i'm gonna yes, facebook message them as well though actually because my instagram so i've got some more sliding into the dms to do tonight okay i'm still noodle. not sure what that means oh a pot noodle it just means you mean it just means haranguing them, them a bit yes or another word, harass. Yes, either of those. Until they reply saying, it's a silly idea, we will not be doing it. <laughs> so somehow this week, I managed to get on a train of thought about misquotes from films. Mm. And there's some very famous ones. And famous ones where the line doesn't actually appear in the film at all. One yeah. of them is Play It Again, Sam, from Casablanca, which is never actually said. And, and there's a couple of others. But I found a couple of lists of... 20 and 35 classic movies that have lines that are misquoted and some of them even for me to say is quite picky one of the famous ones for star trek is beam me up scotty which kirk never says but he does say beam us up scotty so it's close enough quite it's basically the same yeah and there's a few of those and there was one in uh, my favorite film jaws yes so the quote is apparently we're going to need a bigger boat but the actual line is, you're going to need a bigger boat. Given that it's Brody and he doesn't want to be out there, then that's probably yeah, quite that... a good line, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, we can go back, get a bigger boat, and I'm staying on land. But the other one that uh, allegedly has never been said here by Cagney, James Cagney, is You Dirty Rat, which apparently was said in film Taxi. That's very indeed. famous quote. Very quote. Quote. He's, he never said it. So James Cagney did say in a film called Blonde Crazy that dirty double-crossing rat, which is fairly close, but it's not you dirty rat. And I always oh. thought it was from a war film from quoting it in, in the playground when I was a, was a kid. So oh, sort of true. doubly odd, very doubly odd, and certainly not mm. in Taxi. What I found really funny between these two web pages is that... There's a line in one of the Dirty Harry films that says, do you feel lucky, punk? Which, again, is not quite what was said. So there's quite a long spiel in it. But it depends which site you read. So one site's got quite a small spiel in between, do you feel lucky? And and the other one's got, obviously, the full script, which is very different. So not even the misquoted movie websites agree. On what it is. It sounds similar to a thing I've seen recently about the old Disney films. And that Mm. a lot of like kids my age remember at the start where it's got the castle and it does the Disney thing, it's Tinkerbell that goes up to the castle. There's there isn't that on any of the old Disney films, there is no Tinkerbell at the start. 
That's interesting because Peter Pan, I, if memory serves me right, was gifted to Great Ormond Street Hospital by J.M. Barry. So they hold oh. the copyright to it. Now, Maybe whether at some point them. they sold it or sold a license to Disney, but certainly the older Disney films, sort of the Jungle Book mm. and films from the 60s, there wouldn't have been that tie-up because Peter Pan wasn't an original one. I think it was no. quite... Quite but late. I still don't know where she's gone. That's the question because I vividly remember Tinkerbell tapping the top mm. of the castle. Assuming it was Tinkerbell and not another fairy. It could have been another fairy, but there's no fairies tapping tops of castles. Well, that is a bit of research for next week. Yeah, maybe we need to watch one of the videos of the D- of the Disney's if we've still got them. Go yeah, still definitely still got old them. School, yeah, get a VCR out. Because yeah. that's where it'll be. They'll be on a VCR where it couldn't mm. have been changed. No, absolutely. Oh, well, maybe that's a job for over Christmas. Yes, but I do. Do you remember a Tinkerbell tapping the yes, top of the absolutely. Disney? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that's apparently not a thing. That doesn't happen, which mm. is mad. Well, we need to find the film that had it on there and see if it's been taken off. Well, I assume Peter Pan had it on, so... Uh, yeah, I would have think so. We'll try Peter Pan first, because I like Peter Pan as well. So, I thought of you during the week. Oh, I was no. found a... Yeah. Oh, yeah. A new series on Netflix was quite an old series called Timeless, which has got all sorts of good things in it. It's got a bit of time travel, mm. though that does lead to some very bizarre questions. Yeah. And it's also it's history involved, because they're obviously travelling back in time. And the story yeah, is quite good. And, and mm. Yeah, each episode sort of stands on its own. And in the last one I watched, they went back to the Alamo in America... And one yes. of the characters at the Alamo was Davy Crockett. And mm. they, the team land, and Davy Crockett is in the middle of this speech to a group of guys saying that uh, he once got cornered by a bear and wrestled it single-handedly and killed impressive. it. Impressive, yeah. Very impressive. And then there's a scene a bit later on where they're all getting a bit jumpy because the Alamo is now being attacked and they know what the outcome is, which is a head, basically... So one of the crew says to him, but you're Davy Crockett, you're fearless, you've, you've wrestled a bear single-handedly. And he went, mm-hmm. um, he said, I was cornered by a bear, I was terrified, and I fired my gun just wild in the air, then fell back into a creek, and about ten minutes later, when it all gone quiet, climbed out, somehow I'd hit the bear. Yeah, there oh was, was dead. He said, so it's pure luck. So the crew member says, so, so why do you lie then? And Davy Crockett came out with a line, because sometimes folks need to believe the leader could wrestle a bear. I'm going to say I'm not impressed by the fact that made you think of me. Because yes. I never I never said I wrestled a bear. Well, no, you said there was one there. in the vicinity. Well, you say there is, but there's no proof. There was, there was proof. There's proof on my phone. I have a picture of claw marks down a tree that could only have got there from a bear. But were they put there that night? No, because they weren't there earlier. No, I don't have a before and after, though. (laughs) So you have no proof whatsoever. Anyway, if if you fancy something fairly interesting, that's that's a relatively Mm. good series, I think. Yeah, I've I've heard of it. I actually do want to watch that. Yeah, it's it's quite quite good. I'll try and get in early with the Netflix account, something. I'm on Loki at the moment on Disney, so you can have all the Netflix you want. Thank you. Excellent. Well, my last slightly weird story is about an obsession with growing massive vegetables. Now, regular have. listeners will know, well, no, I, well, no, regular listeners will know I, I have say. an allotment. <laughs> I'm very keen on growing vegetables and I'm miserably bad at it. <laughs> Not very good at it. 
definitely not very good at it. But there's a gentleman called Peter Glazebrook, and he's got a bit of an obsession with growing vegetables. Mm. So he's pictured here with an 18-pound onion that won a World Record in 2012. It is absolutely enormous. And uh, in 2020, he produced a leek that was four foot long, which again got him into the, the record books. So he's just obsessed with growing massive vegetables. And there's a whole community that do this. And they, they've got expert ways of, of doing this. What they taste like is another matter. And there's a mm. wonderful picture of him with a 67-pound cabbage in a, wheel, in a wheelchair, in a wheelbarrow <laughs> <laughs> from 2013. And this thing is it's just monstrous. It's just brilliant. Mm. That's but a he massive seems to, pumpkin as well. Yeah. I mean, needless to say, he is retired at 76 and has spent probably the last 11 years perfecting it longer. And... Um, He's, he spends his winter perfecting different ways of germinating seeds and, and growing mm. them. Uh, it's, it's really quite, quite an obsession. That's mad. That's similar to the chili man. Yes. The man whose aim in life is literally make, to make the hottest chili yeah. in the world. And every season he seems to make a hotter chili. Yes, I don't know how they do that. There's some. It's a bit like... F1 seeds, yeah. Well, no, it's mm. not contaminated. It's uh, something else beginning with C. Integrating? Almost like crossbreeding, but that's, I think, animals from... Yes, well, we'll find the word eventually. Anyway, so if if you're into big veg, then Peter Glaze books your man. And what they taste like, I have no good idea. Quote. It could be horrendous. Oh, good quote, that is. If yeah. you're into big veg. Yeah, quite. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a line. Anyway, have you got a top tip for us? I I do, kind of. Well, it's not really a tip. But I was oh saved dear. today, I feel like. Oh, were you? I almost bought myself a brand new phone. Ooh. I've had my phone for about two years, and it's Apple. And you know how Apple gets... Once your phone reaches a certain age and you do the upgrade, your battery just dies. Like, it doesn't, my battery struggles to last a whole day now without dying. I do use it quite a lot, but it wasn't like that before I did the upgrade. So that's annoying. So I was like, I'm going to get a new phone. So I went on, I buy them refurbished normally and on a monthly plan because I don't need a brand new phone. Like, as long as it's a bit better than the one I've got, then I'm happy with it. And obviously it's cheaper as well. So I worked out I could get the iPhone 12 Pro, which is like not the newest, obviously, because the 13 just come out. But it was the one that came out last year, which is quite new for me. Like I've never had like a phone that new. Went through all the process, picked out the one I wanted. And as a non-Apple fan, you will be happy about this. I got all the way through to the end. And then my application for the loan, because it's obviously payback monthly, Mm. got declined. Oh, really? For like 20 quid a month. And I was like, this is very strange. So I tried it again, thinking maybe I've just entered something wrong and it doesn't understand what I, who I am. <laughs> Not that I'm anyone important. So I tried again, declined me again. So I can't buy a new phone. I wonder if it's because you've not been at your address very long. Well, I spoke to the people because it's through Klarna. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's through them. And I have an account with them. 
because I use it for shopping because it's like the best thing ever invented. You can like buy things and then you don't have to pay for them for 30 days and the majority of the stuff I send back anyway so I can all try it on and then send it back and it's all good and I haven't even paid. Anyway, different story. So I contacted them and I was like, can you tell me why I'm being declined? Because it gives you like a list of reasons that you've been declined, but they're all very general and it doesn't specify exactly why you were declined. So I messaged him saying, can you tell me why I've been declined? And he said, the information you gave doesn't match the information we have for your account. And I was like, fine, okay, can you update my information then so that it matches? And he was like, yep, sure. Can you give me your name, address, date of birth? Send that across. It was the same that was on my account. He said, can you send, can you, have you changed cards recently or banks? No, using the same one I always use. He was like, then I don't know why you're being declined. (laughs) So they've had to escalate it. So now I can't buy a new phone. Well, that's probably no bad thing. So I might just have to go for Samsung or someone else instead now. Go for a proper phone. Yeah. I would have thought with all this um, environmental issues that Apple would stop doing that battery thing. I know. Because it's not right. Makes their money though, doesn't it? But that's why I buy refurbished phones because they're basically brand new. And it's because somebody else has decided that they want the brand new phone and they don't want theirs anymore. It's not actually broken. They just want the new phone. So I'll take your 30 seconds happily. Absolutely. New to me. (laughs) Well, I do a similar thing with eBay, although I spend a lot less than you do. Uh, my only requirement is that the phone has an Otterbox case that will fit it. Uh, that's that's my one requirement because they are brilliant cases. Yeah, they are. and I've dropped mine many times and it's it's survived. No dramas. No, no drama yeah. llama. So maybe next week I'll be able to get a new phone, but this week I've been declined. I've spent too much money on wedding stuff. Not from my card, I haven't. From our drink mm-hmm. card, I have. i definitely have spent too much money on wedding stuff and a bathroom i bought a bathroom today oh excellent yeah that's coming the week before it's due to be fitted hopefully brilliant oh just in time the friday it's due to be fitted on the monday anyway rather than a fun fact because i've done quite a lot of facty things this week Mm. i came across a lovely story well with a lovely ending it didn't start particularly well so from no you'll see why in a minute so from wales Mm. And I believe this was Brecon, although it says Swansea Valley, so I'm, I'm not entirely sure. So anyway, on Saturday, last Saturday, the 6th of November, a caver suffered a fall and some quite unpleasant injuries, so he wasn't able to get out himself. Uh, he was deep in a cave system that I cannot pronounce. I <laughs> to say it was in Wales. Good stuff. Uh, and this, to get him out, took over 300 volunteers... And they spent 54 hours manoeuvring the injured caver out across through rivers, very small tunnels and all sorts of very tricky terrain, I think is the only way you Mm. could say it. Uh, So eventually on Monday, quarter to eight in the evening, they uh, they popped him out. My God. Phenomenal effort. So in addition to the 300 volunteers actually in the tunnel on the ground, they also poured in other emergency services, uh, obviously the ambulance to take him away, but also the local shops, businesses also rallied around to make sure everybody was fed and, and looked after. Incredible, incredible amazing. result. And these guys are volunteers as well. And it reminded me of a conversation I've had many times about the RNLI. A friend of mine mm. 
when we left school, he decided to become a fundraiser for the ONI for a while. And he signed us all up. And I still have the Shoreline membership some for later. And one of the questions I always said to him, why doesn't the government fund the RNLI? And he said, well, this is back in the 80s. He said, because if they did, they'd shut it down. Because yeah. the cost per life is astronomical. And he's dead right. And a number of people I've met over the years have said similar things, either online or that. And I've always said, well, this is the reason it's not. And this is the reason it mustn't. Because we know they'll shut it down. There's no two mm-hmm. ways about it. So we are really reliant on volunteers like that with skill and the dedication to get people. So well done all involved. And that's the South yeah, Wales Caving impressive. Club. Yeah, really, really impressive. Sorry, the South and Mid Wales Cave Rescue Team. Good work. Well done to all of you. Good work indeed. Well done. What's for that? That man must be so thankful. Yes, I would think so. You'd think you'd not get out. I mean, it's a bit like mm. that film where the yeah, you would, bites his you would, off. You would be going through the motions of this is it. Mind you, there have been some phenomenal recoveries of people. There was the, the kids in the Philippines, which yes. they, they got virtually all of them out. And also the miners in, I can't remember, South American country. Yeah. Where they were trapped down for a very long time, but they got in them Nepal? all out. No, South America. I think the kids oh. might have been in Nepal, but... Oh. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.